talking on air And I'm probably drinking tea Shooting the breeze in the hope that you care Who could it be? Skeleve it or not, it's just me Hello Skeleavers, non-Skeleavers and I hope soon to be Skeleavers I am Matt Skillington and this is of course Matt Skillington's Skeleavers or Not This week's guest is 2017 Scottish Comedian of the Year, Mr. Leo Curse. Leo is a prolific stand-up comedian as well as co-creator of the five-star Edinburgh show Hate and Live, which he runs uh, with his pal Darius Davies. You can catch Leo up and down the country doing his stand-up. You can also get him on the radio from time to time. He's done some slots on Radio 5 Live, talking politics. He is a bit of a political comedian, I suppose. His last Edinburgh show was called I Can Make You Tory, which raised a few eyebrows. But, you know, it's all context, isn't it? I find it quite refreshing, actually. I think it's good that he says what he feels, and uh, it's all tongue-in-cheek, really. You know, he's... um, He's maybe a little bit controversial in some of the stuff that he says, but he's a comedian. I'm a big fan, and I think he's genuinely a solid, solid stand-up. Before we go to the chat, uh, just to fill you in if you're bothered at all as to what I've been up to, as you may have heard on previous podcasts, uh, I've been involved in making a comedy pilot with my sketch group Seldom Differ. We've just finished a final cut of the episode, so I'm very excited about that. It's taken, uh, you know, over three years of a lot of hard work, and I want to give a big shout-out to James Lord, John Collins, and Ryan Howes, and Natalie Taylor, the guys that uh, started off this project, and we have actually come to an end. So thank you to those guys, and thanks to everyone else that made the pilot possible. Anyway... That's enough about me. Let's listen to my chat with Leo Curse. Oh, before we do, we start off this conversation. I was taking levels from Leo and I was asking him what he had for breakfast. Uh, and that's that's what you hear from the top. Don't be confused. It will make sense. Enjoy. What did you have for breakfast this morning? I had uh, porridge. <laughs> did you? I know it's stereotypically Scottish. I did put Nutella in it, but... I think you put less Nutella in porridge than if you have toast and then put Nutella on it. Would you think that's accurate? Yeah, because I'd only, I'd only use a teaspoon in porridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On yeah. toast, I'd probably use... A couple of teaspoons, maybe I guess. Maybe four. Maybe a teaspoon... No. Teaspoon and a half per slice, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Because you want it quite thick on there. Mm. <laughs> but for some reason, you put it in porridge and you get much more like flavour from the Nutella than you do on toast. What else do you put in porridge? Uh, I put um, raisins in as well, and then like when I cook it, the raisins like soak up some of the juice, and then it, like uh, the raisins like a bit plump and juicy. Well, plump, nice. I was going to say, it's a good word in its use. Yeah, it's, is that health conscious now? Do you I think, think I think it's quite health conscious. You're yeah. getting older. You thinking your morality is kind of kicking it's in. It's cheap as well. <laughs> it's so cheap. Oats are so cheap. You wouldn't believe, man. You can buy like even if you get crunching up cornflakes on a deal, it's still expensive. And crunching up cornflakes, apparently the amount of sugar in them is like really bad for you. But that's the thing, no wonder oats are just cheap, it's just, it's just dust, isn't it? Yeah. Literally, I mean... It's just a, a plant that's grown and then they get it off, they use a machine to get the, you know, to get the stuff off and then they dry it out. What, what is the, why is oats so uh, connected to the Scottish? Is it uh, I think it's because it grows there, so there's not much, we can't, we can't have, uh, pineapples don't grow there, naturally. Right. Bananas, uh, also coconuts, uh, so I mean fruit and fibre 
Homemade fruit and fibre is pretty much out of the question. It's not part of the Scottish bran. Surely you could make bran in Scotland. Bran. It's not made out of oats. What is bran? Just it's, some, it's wheat, isn't it? It's wheat bran. Yeah. I think, well, oats, oats and barley are the traditional Scottish um, things that grow in the fields. Um, and also, like, the, the crofters, they used to pour the porridge into, into a, a drawer, in a chest of drawers, and then it would, like, solidify, and then they'd cut slices out. Because they're disgusting, stupid Scottish crofters who deserve to get replaced by sheep, get driven out by the English. Jesus, that's a, and that's where the breakfast bar started. <laughs> yeah, that's you the, first the, the breakfast bar. Nutri-green. Leo, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. We're enjoying a, a London lager together. It's great, yeah. Which I think it's a nice icebreaker, isn't it? If you yeah, it seems a lot more casual if you're having a, a bottle of beer. Yeah. And uh, it suppresses the the alcoholic tendencies. Yeah, it's like being on TGI Friday. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. I mean, the set was a bit more. Do you remember? Don't forget your toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was With a... Denise, was Denise Van Uten on that? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. It, it was peak Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah. And then he brought it back, uh, and his first guest was Billy Piper post divorce. No way. Yeah, this deserves a wrong gong. I'm getting my hilarious Chris Evans shows mixed up. I didn't mean Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. I meant OFI Sunday, which stood for Oh Flip It Sunday, which was kind of a terrible spin-off of TFI Friday, which didn't last for long. Anyway, back to the chat. And it was terrible. Yeah. And they sound really awkward and... Uh... He, he always loved having the awkwardness. And I remember he used to have, uh, which you wouldn't be able to do now because of feminism, but he used to have the, um, his producer, Will, and have a, like, a competition to see who'd shag the hottest woman yeah. or whatever. Imagine yeah. having that now. <laughs> so who's the equivalent of Chris Evans now? Like Michael Parkinson. I don't know. <laughs> Parkinson, he just does the, a blind now and gets a free fucking pen. He just does <laughs> yeah. the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly dead adverts. Right? Yeah, yeah. But he's been nearly dead for the 80s. Like, he's one of those people who just carries on at the same I, age. I don't think he should have retired. Yeah. I think with so, sometimes with some people, like retiring can be the can be the thing that kills you. Yeah. Which I'm worried, uh, that's, that's what's going to happen with Andy Murray. He's just retired. <laughs> Has so, he? Yeah, yeah. He's got a hip injury. Well, so he just, he just can't physically do anything. End of the year, he's, he's going to retire. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's really it's quite competitive uh, being a, a top tennis player. Yeah, but I suppose he's got a few bob. Oh, the- yeah, he's, he's, he's salted some away. He's got a post office account. So he's, he's got... <laughs> don't worry about him. He's going to have his he's going to have what he gets from the state. And then if he wants to give oh, the grandkids something, mm. he's got the money in the post office. I wonder how much he is worth. Probably about 80 million. Do you think... I made that up. From, I suppose, from advertising. Two Wimbledons. So, I mean, really high, he's one of the most high profile um, what, sportsmen. You, what's the award for when the Wimbledon? Obviously, you get a trophy. Yeah. But it is, a, is it a cash prize as well? They, they do get a cash prize. Of like something ridiculous. It's quite a lot. I mean, the, the, biggest, the biggest earning is from sponsorship. Yeah. And, you know, he made a big. Uh, so, I think Tim Henman actually made. More money from sponsorship because he's English, you know what I mean? So you could do all the washing powders, you know, get your white tennis white and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Andy Murray, because he's Scottish, uh, probably isn't as big a sell for, for England. But up in Scotland, he's got oats. Like, just oats everywhere. Andy, get your Andy Murray oats. You could- <laughs> Me trying to do a Scottish accent. I'm actually Scottish. I put on a Scottish accent. You could, um, 
Who was the, who's the guy? The Quaker. Oh yeah, Quaker Oats. Replace the Quaker's head with Andy Murray's head. Yeah, yeah. And have his mom peering over tennis the racket. background. Could have been out in the field, like uh, sh- you know, shuffling the oats through his tennis racket to get rid of mm. the chaff. That's good. That's what that's what his retirement will be. Yeah, just um, <laughs> shuffling oats through his tennis racket. God. Yeah, that's a depressing feeling. Um, Leo, you're a comedian, aren't you? Yeah. Does anyone ever say when you make a joke or something? Do, do they go, huh, "You should do comedy"? Uh, you get that? I used to. I used to before I was a comedian. Right. Yeah. Um, like my mates were always saying, you should try stand-up comedy, and I was too I mean, shy. More in the, more in the sarcastic sense. Oh, like you mean you they're go, taking the piss? Like they know that you do comedy. Oh right. Um, go, oh, you should do comedy. No. Okay. No, I'm that funny. Nobody's ever sarcastic about how funny I am. Because they're genuinely just they're too they're too busy laughing. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Uh, you won Scottish Comedian of the Year. I did, yeah. In 2017. That's right, the end of 2017. Did it change your life forever? Uh, it sort of did because I went out to Australia and did uh, two months in Australia. I was only going to do one month, but then my girlfriend flew out and punched me in the face. So I was like, "Well, I'm going to do two months. I'm going to stay on and do Melbourne as well." And I made loads of money and had like loads of fun, and it was very sort of good for my career. I'm going back out there next week. I oh, just need to stop you just there, just rewind a little bit. Uh, your girlfriend came over to. She was in. You were in Australia. Yeah. She was in England. Yeah, yeah. So she was going to come out for a holiday, and I said, "Come out after I've done the festival and have like a really nice holiday." You know, you got two weeks holiday or three weeks holiday, whatever it is. We'll go like to Malaysia, have an amazing time. And she was like, "No, I want to come and see you in Adelaide because she she doesn't trust me or she didn't trust me. We've sort of broken up now." But she didn't trust me, so, um, you know, she thought I'd be like, you know, she think girlfriends always think that, like, comedy festivals are like a party, and you're just drinking and, like, shagging on the flyers and stuff, and it's nothing like that. It's not, I'm too, like, I've, I've got too much work to do, so I'm working, working, working. I'll have a few drinks with my mates, and then, mm. like, you know, I, I don't shag anybody hardly ever, because, like, you can't anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, I, I can't, I'm never, ever, ever having sex with another comedian or somebody who works in the industry. There's too many fucking horror stories about people oh you know what I mean like oh he didn't like you know fucking whatever and they're like all of a sudden you're like you know Bill Cosby Jesus Christ (laughs) fuck me I'd rather have a wank yeah it's a good option it's a safe option it's a safe option these days can't get STD how did she uh, did she actually did she punch you in the face did you have an argument well uh, no she was man it was my it was I had all this duty free and you know I was like we've got to use it up and then I went and got um, you know coffee flavoured milk yeah, yeah, and I mixed that with rum and we were drinking that but I, I didn't have a fridge I was just staying upstairs in my venue and there's no fridge so we just had to drink it all before the milk went warm turn <laughs> yeah, yeah and then obviously like you know she was hammered and I was hammered and then I had to go and do shows and stuff and then and we'd had like problems you know before this and then I came back and she was really angry. Oh yeah, because I think I went to the beach with Darius instead of spending the day with her. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know Darius is like my best friend. I hadn't, you know he was living in New York at the time, so I hadn't seen him in ages. And she was really angry and like then and drunk, angry. Like she's just one of these people who changes when she gets drunk. And um, then I went to the toilet and it was just like the worst timing. This lassie, uh, I was walking at the toilet. And this lassie walked out. Like from the women's toilet, and like was oh I saw your show, and like it was really good, and all that sort of stuff, and I was like oh thank. Then like my girlfriend's looking at walking out the toilet, having this conversation, and she just like she just 
like I got back into the bar and she's just like, you know, yeah, you fucking hostile, you know, and like does this big Superman over overhand punch like that, and she's, you know, strong, strong girl, and um, then threw a drink on me, and uh, then That's sort of dropped her, dropped her handbag, and everything went everywhere, and then she like stormed off, and oh, it was just a nightmare, absolute nightmare, and it wasn't like after that she had some sort of realization and decided to calm down. She just got worse and worse and worse. Right. And so we we broke up and then we got back together um, and then funnily enough I went and saw her last weekend she phoned me up because I really missed her like really you know really love her but she's just impossible she's just really like impossible to 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 be with so I don't know like uh, and if she's listening now <laughs> well I'm sorry for not being a perfect boyfriend and you know I love you but you're really difficult okay well so you're in Australia this is post Comedian of the Year. You get the tour in Australia, you're making money, you're having a good time. Yeah. And then, how long were you in Australia for then, sorry? Two months. Two months. Then I'm going out for three months this week. For the same thing? Uh, I'm doing Perth this time, Perth and Adelaide, and Tasmania. They're starting up this uh, festival in Tasmania. And then on the way back, I'll go to Southeast Asia and uh, do some shows there. Or I might just have a holiday, I'm not sure. Because I went, I went and did uh, a tour of Southeast Asia a while back and it was just every day I was getting on a plane and they always the promoters always put you on really early planes in case something goes wrong so they can fly out in the afternoon and so I was just so knackered like you like the level of tiredness was just was just insane like every day just getting on a new plane and like landing somewhere trying to sleep you know just constantly in taxis and airports and did, so, they, did they understand your accent? yeah they did alright so a lot of expats and then you know places like Singapore the, the locals speak such good English that they can understand you, so it's it's okay. So your last tour, I can make you Tory. Yeah, that was your. Was that your last? That was the last Edinburgh show. That was two thousand seventeen. Then two thousand eighteen, I did uh, right wing comedian. Okay. <laughs> now, when you did I can make you Tory, do you think part of that was this is this is gonna gain some kind of traction because of the name of the title? Yeah. People are gonna be talking about this. And it'll probably was that like a conscious decision to go? I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like winding people up, and I knew this would wind people up. Mm. I knew it would get a bit of reaction. Also, like I'm genuinely, you know, center right wing. Yeah. And I believe in things like capitalism and democracy and freedom. And I think Jeremy Corbyn is just, you know, he's got ridiculous ideas and all the, you know, economies and, and governments he's championed, like Venezuela, are just total basket cases. Um, and I think you know people these days. I think left wing people, left wing people do kind of disgust me because they're more right wing than right wing people, because they can only like they're acting completely in their own self interest. When left wing people go on Facebook and say, "Hey, we should let all the immigrants in. Yeah, let everybody in. Everyone, come on, everybody come." Like, we can't have that because like there's hundreds of millions of people want to come to the UK because like a lot of the world is shit and the UK is pretty good and stable and free and you know you can have a good life here even though it's cold and shitty. Like, so you, you've got to have some sort of system. You like you can't have everybody coming in. And uh, so left-wing people can go on Facebook and get all the kudos for saying we should let everybody in, safe in the knowledge that there's right-wing people making the unpleasant but necessary decisions to just let some of the people in. I suppose you get the stigma, don't you, that if you say that, people think, oh, well, he must be a racist then. Because mm. he, and it's like... My racism is completely unrelated to that. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I love um, on your Twitter, on your Facebook, because you, you love winding people up. Yeah. And I enjoy just, you're one of the few people where I'll read the entire thread. <laughs> uh, 
because some people will get really and you oh, and, and you don't have any um you're quite happy just to blast anyone <laughs> and i love that i do find it refreshing you know whatever your political beliefs may be you or anyone else in your circuit it's it's it's, it's entertaining yeah for sure and you did so then you, I uh, I can make Tory and then right wing com- comedian. Yep. Do you think critics give you a a harder time because <laughs> they they think he's got too much of an agenda or? You know yeah, I mean, I think some of the reviews. Some of the reviews were very fair. Like I got one from uh, one for a review, which the woman came and she said, um, you know, I thought this was was terrible. I, th- I think he was uh, uh, he's just you know it's totally self interested and you know just relying on stereotyping all all this sort of stuff. But everybody loved it, and she gave me four stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is always good. And, you uh, can't like, argue with it, can you? And Kate Copstick came along and said, uh, you know, I disagreed with everything he said, but it was, you know, really funny. So you know, she gave me a good write up. Um, so it's nice when the critics can agree, but some of the critics, um, you know, are just like, oh, this is, you know, this is offensive, this is terrible, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to say this because there's a real, there's a real, um, real sort of movement in comedy. To have all this, like, you know, sad stories and this sort of, you know, oh, I'm abused and, you know, straight white men are scum and all this sort of stuff. Mm. You know, the Nanette thing, you know, that Nanette show, Harry Gadsby, that won the, whatever it is, the Foster's uh, Award. Yeah, 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 I can't yeah. believe Foster's sponsor these awards. You think know, Foster's drinkers are like, oh my god, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more about your horrific abuse as an LGBTQ member, you know what I mean? They're like, fucking Foster's drinkers. They want stuff like, you know, actual, you know, just funny comedy. You know, man, I, I just can't believe it. it. should be sponsored by Soy Milk or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Soy Milk Edinburgh Award for they, wankers. They don't have the money. <laughs> soy. Well, there's not, I mean, this is a thing. And this is why I think there's going to be a swing back. There's, even though the, the the BBC, you know, all the, all the powers that be, the Edinburgh Awards people, everybody's been pushing this, you know, sad story. You know, uh, you know, it's fake diversity stuff. Because it's always, it's always an Oxbridge educated, you know, from a wealthy background. You know, went to went to a boarding school person, but just happens to be, you know, brown or a different ethnic heritage mm. or whatever. That you know comes on and like you know they've got the exact same exact same. They just you shut your eyes. It could be a white guy, you know, Oxbridge white guy. Yeah. So it's just the you know there's not much actual diversity. This is where you know I think I provide at least some. Diversity, because I'm I'm right wing. I'm sort of working class. Although in Scotland I'm upper middle class. Yeah. But for <laughs> for, for a civilized country, I'm working class. All the oaked men are just going. Oh, here he is, and he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, slicing another bit out of the drawer. <laughs> Who's that boy again? Because <laughs> um, I don't. This is the thing. I think people have like an a, an idea of what you do and maybe who you are based on these titles of the shows and stuff like that. Yeah. I saw a video online about um, there was some kids that I say kids I mean of age that were complaining about your show being like oh it's disgusting <laughs> yeah yeah but then I listened to the show <coughs> and I was like I don't understand you know I think a lot of your stuff it's well thought of it's like strong punchlines and things like that yeah. it's just a good uh, routine yeah but it's like I feel like people they want to People like, know. that must get on your on your tips. Yeah, I mean the generation that's grown up now. I mean, obviously there's a there's a backlash against that. There's a lot of people from that generation who oppose all this so, sort of snowflakey social justice warrior stuff. But but we've got a generation who grew up with social media, 
and they get kudos from, from being victims and from being offended. So they're always looking. And there's not so much stuff to be offended by these days because we've, you know, there's been a huge social progress on loads of things like women's rights, LGBTQ rights, civil rights and stuff. So there's not as much stuff to get offended by. So they're having to like, you know, root around and find other stuff to, to get offended by. So now they're, you know, it's like, oh, friends is whatever. You know, like all this, you know, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Problematic, Gwen Stefani, culturally appropriated, you know, geisha costumes or whatever the f- oh man it's ridiculous ridiculous so you know they, they can't keep my show and like they obviously were just looking for something to get offended by so they could go on social media say that they were offended by it and get kudos and get you know and this I mean it has a it has a deleterious effect on you know the public discourse and you know what 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 can be presented um, because I mean my show I'm taking my show right wing comedian to Perth and uh, my venue cancelled it because somebody complained that I was transphobic and the bits, the, the material, I mean, they had, <laughs> it's funny because they, they obviously saw I was doing a show called Right Wing Comedian and went to my Twitter to like dig through and find <laughs> something from 2004. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. it was the last thing that I tweeted. <laughs> they had to dig back about 16 minutes, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and what was the what was the context? Was it so, taken out of context? So no, no. I mean, they, they just thought it was it was transphobic. It's not transphobic. I actually wrote it with a transgender woman I was dating. She at least one transgender person didn't think it was offensive because she wrote it with me. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And you know, she obviously she's got a sense of humour about all this kind of stuff because um, you know she's one of the hot ones, so she doesn't get all the abuse. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you say that I'll, I'll let you carry on once again. But like. That equal right type thing is to not make jokes about everyone and everything. Then surely that is kind of pushing other excluding people, people. Yeah, excluding yeah, people. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So this, uh, what was this? What was the? Was it a joke? Yeah. So it's a, I mean, the, the whole joke is about um, is about uh, the beauty standards, different beauty standards between the genders, rather than you know having a go at you know men or women or transgender people, mm. whatever the fuck. Like uh, it was, it was just saying you know if a woman wants to transition, it's it's much easier. Um, because she just well, most cases she just stops shaving. Yeah. But, um, well, if a if a man wants to transition, it's, it's incredibly hard. You've got to go through all these procedures and processes, and at the end of all that, you're not very, uh, you know, in, in a lot of cases, not so convincing. Like if I wanted to transition, I'd be I'd just look like a ridiculous woman. That would be tough. Yeah. Because so, of the Adam's apple as well, but you can do all sorts. You with can have surgery and stuff, but then I'm still going to be six foot six with massive hands. You know what I mean? I mean oh, I've yeah. thought a lot about this, and I've decided not to do it. <laughs> Six foot six. Oh, that what your legs like though? You got, you know. I, I've got all right legs. Actually, I was run over, so you know I'm not going to look good with bare legs and a dress. You were run over. Yeah, yeah. By I'll a, show you my, show you my leg. For, for the oh wow. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. So for the people at home that can't see, uh, <laughs> uh, so Leo is <coughs> he's six foot six. He's a big lad, big hands. He's just showing me the bottom of his foot, which looks like some kind of skin graft. It's my leg, not my foot. Uh, your, your, yeah, your leg. Uh, what happened there? That's, that looks... A truck went over my leg. I was uh, I was on my bike, I was racing my mate. It was really stupid. And, what age were um, you at this point, Leo? 17. Oh, okay. Yeah, long time ago now. Um, and yeah, so like, I just came around a corner and this truck was coming... coming like, there's two British telecom trucks just fell in the... You know what the roads are like in Scotland? Just fell in the road, so... Yeah. I just went under the, the first one and it drove over my, my leg. I mean, if it had been anywhere else, I would have been really... I almost lost my leg anyway. Like, I woke up on the on the road. I was like, oh my God. And I went to like, I could tell my leg was knackered, you know what I mean, Ooh. mangled. And I went to like, 
uh, picked my leg up, you know, so I could drag myself to the side of the road. And uh, I picked my leg up and my foot stayed in the ground. And then oh it came God. up like twitching and I could feel it all just clicking and grinding together. And I lost, you know, so much blood on the road. It was crazy. The, the truck drove it smashed all the bones and it like tore it open as well. So it was really amazing that they could put it all back together. Um, but they drove me to Dumfries Hospital, which is like 20 miles away. Did and then the guys they... stop in the lorry? Oh yeah, and luckily, the thing that they probably saved my leg, maybe even my life, was the fact they had a mobile phone, because it was um, a British Telecom truck. So oh, he had a mobile phone in the cab, so he could phone for an ambulance. Because otherwise, I mean, I was way up in the hills, you know, it was, would have been... Yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah. Does it hurt when it's cold or anything? No, no, it's all right. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got to keep an eye on it. Um, but they, yeah, they put it back together. I mean, I had a, there was a dormant infection that nearly killed me about six months later. Just blew up and I was just absolutely, you know, just almost destroyed. I had like septicemia and stuff. I was rushed into the hospital. And I thought, that, you know, it was crazy. I thought they were trying to kill me. They had ice. I felt freezing, but they had ice like on all my, you know, blood pulse points. Oh, because you were so over. Yeah, yeah. And they're sponging me down with ice water. And like, it was November in Stirling. They had the, the windows open and, you know, sponging me down with ice water and stuff. It was crazy. But that nearly killed me. And then, like, I had to have uh, loads of surgery for that. Um, and I actually swung around a bunch of flesh to go over the bone to, you know, mm. give it a blood supply to heal. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, uh, I wasn't expecting that. Now, I've not seen him in a while. And maybe this is for, for reason, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, you have what you could say is an alter ego. Uh, as pun man <laughs> which is kind of the polar opposite not not the polar opposite but quite different to your usual stuff it's yeah. just straight up everyone can enjoy yeah puns yeah how did he come about uh, well so I won the UK pun championship in 2015 because I used to I used to do a show with Darren Walsh we used to be really good friends and we did a show together a tell of the puns we are always punning together in fact, he, you know, he led me down the wrong path because nobody wanted to hear puns. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible. Well, as I went in the pun championship, it did more damage to my career than, like, you know, Louis C.K. did get his cock out. Like, it's just it's insane. <laughs> Were you dressed... When did you start dressing as pun man? Uh, so, so I did this show with Darren called The Tale of the Pun and we dressed as, as pun lords. I was a tale of the pun, I had this like horned helmet and all the rest of it. Oh yeah, I've seen And the eyebrows and uh, Darren was uh, Genghis pun and he wore, you know, an, an outfit as well. And we do... Um, Genghis the, pun doesn't work as well, does it? As, as, as yeah, that's why the show was called The Tale of the Pun. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. So we, the show was like a pun battle to see who the greatest pun lord was. And so we'd get the audience to shout out subjects and we'd do puns based on, you know... What, what they shouted out yeah. and then we'd have a cheer off at the end to see who won and uh, that was a really fun show and then like Darren didn't want to do it anymore because uh, like, we had a little bit of a falling out mm. that was entirely his fault and then and if um, he's listening right now do you want anything to say to him yeah why did you make me do puns Darren <laughs> <laughs> no I still see him like, we're still mates like, he's, a good, uh, he's a good guy and he's one, of the, he's one of those people who can make puns funny just purely from the fact that he is inherently funny himself yeah, um, he's a very very funny comedian, but um, but yeah. So then I did it did it solo as a tell as um, what's it called Pun, Pun Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. Which was I mean it was a really successful show. Well, in terms of you know free fringe, it was always full because people it's like right when comedian people know what they're going to get. It's like Pun Man, Pun Man's pun party. 
pun man too. Girls just want to hear puns. It's like you know what you're gonna get. It's gonna be pun based. Although I'd always get like some people walking out, and be like, "Oh, where, where are you going?" It's, like, it's puns. Can you read? You fucking diff. Get the fuck out of here. You took someone's seat, you motherfucker. Um, it's, yeah, it's a good point. If you got a show, go the pun man. Yeah. Girls just want to have pun, whatever. I mean, you know what you're going to get there. Yeah, it's going to be puns. But Edinburgh's can be full of idiots, can't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Leo, I don't know if you've uh, ever <clears throat> listened to any of these podcasts before, but I have a game uh, called Masculine and Scleave or Not the Game. Hasbro have been in touch. Yeah. Twitter, blown up about this game. They can't stop yeah. playing it. Um, it's quite simple. And if you don't mind, we can have a, a quick round now. Yeah, let's have a go. Um, yeah, I'm going to say a statement. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to skeleve it. <laughs> or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, so I have six statements yeah. written down here. And then I'm going to ask you to pick a number between one and six. So it's completely random. Yeah. And we'll get started. But first, we'll just play the theme tune. Would you skeleve it map the game? Would you scleave it at that? Okay, Leah. Yeah. Pick a number between one and six. Uh, four. Ah, that's a good one. Do people usually go for four? No, this is a new thing I've tried actually because people start trying to work out where I've put the scleavable stuff in and, and the unscleavable stuff. So I've decided to. Now it's at your choice. Number four. Nearly all koala bears have chlamydia. A scleave it. Yes. And why do you believe it? Because uh, when I went to Australia, somebody told me that. Mm. And I didn't shag any more koala bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, this sounds disgusting as well. Young koalas in the pouch uh, get it from eating their mom's pap. What's pap? A pap is a very, nutri- very nutrient-dense fecal matter. Oh, what the f- Oh, Jesus Christ. And you think oats are bad? Animals are disgusting. <laughs> I want somebody at sweet pet. <laughs> you deserve chlamydia. Do you know what? The koala bears, they, they look adorable, don't they? But apparently very violent. Yeah, yeah. And grumpy. They, um, I think they tranquilise the ones that are at the... You know when you see people on Facebook with pictures of them holding their koala bear? They tranquilise them. Oh, that's nice. To make them less, uh, like, grumpy or whatever. It's like robins, isn't it? I mean, you don't... You don't necessarily get pictures of people holding robins yeah. but uh, apparently robins territorial incredibly territorial yeah. gerbils as well gerbils will fight to the you death you like a gerbil don't you yeah yeah and yeah. hamsters when they, not so much hamsters Still have my ex-girlfriend had a hamster um, it, was, it was quite funny but gerbils have got real personality they're like little dogs yeah how many have you got at the moment I don't have any gerbils ah did, have we lost them quite recently I thought I saw pictures no I don't, I, I don't have any uh, I just post pictures of other people's gerbils oh <laughs> and why not you know, <laughs> look it's 2018 you know mate pick it up between one and six not four five five great choice that great choice one two three four five Michael Jackson helped compose the music for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 I don't I don't leave that mm. do you not I don't leave it it does sound quite unscalable doesn't it yeah but Apparently, no. He did. No. He um. <coughs> he, he loved the game so much that he went 
he wanted to go to Sega just to no way. say hi and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then he got working with these composers and said, do you want to like help out? And they were kind of calling him and he was adding his own, apparently over the phone, just kind of going, you know, doing his <laughs> whatever he does. Um, but then there's also belief that when in about 92, 93, some, some of his, uh, let's say, sexual uh, uh, accusations yeah. c- came up. Yeah. Uh, they said that apparently they dropped, <coughs> they dropped him from the music, but right. people say that still what they had, what the composers had, you can tell there's like bits of it that, that uh, are just so Michael Jackson. Right, no way. So... That's fascinating. Absolutely mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, two, three or six? Uh, one, please. Number one. Colonel Sanders claimed he had a vendetta against chickens after his sister contracted salmonella from a chicken. I don't, I don't skill this. <laughs> Let me finish. I don't... From what? Koala bear pouch. Girl... <laughs> Colonel Sanders claimed he had... A vendetta against chickens after his sister contracted salmonella from a chicken egg when they were children. I don't believe that for a moment. He might have said it at a party for a joke, but mm. that's not the foundation of his business model. No, I think uh, I might have given that away. By laughing. By laughing. Yeah. At it, cause, uh, which is sad, because, you know, I'm just laughing at something that I've written. <laughs> uh, as a question, well, yeah. when I read, I've not really read it back, and I just think, that's insane if yeah, that yeah. was the... Uh, he just wanted a holocaust of, of chickens. Yeah. Uh, like, you're right. Get, and also, like, you know, if you're a chicken, if he's killing it, like, he's got to bring those chickens into existence. So they wouldn't exist without him. So he's, he's making more chickens. But then you could argue that it's, it's that's even more evil, isn't it? Oh, he's just making them to kill them. Because he's making yeah. chickens to kill them. I had KFC the other night and I wasn't that, um, I wasn't very impressed. It was... Uh, you were impressed with the 12 tall spices, herbal spices? Uh, I mean, the, the sort of flavour was, was all right, but the, the bit of chicken I had... So it's like a chunk of chicken, like, but they, they cut it. It was like all spinal column and ribs and stuff. There's hardly any meat on it. God, they cut it from like they haven't like maybe somebody. I don't know if they, I don't know how they, they apportion the different bits of chicken, but yeah. obviously not every bit of chicken has got the same amount of meat on it. That's true. Yeah. So you can't sell it. They're not really selling it by weight, are they? They're selling it by piece. By piece. Yeah. Did you get the chicken and chips? I got uh, some sort of um, mini bucket thing. See, I like KFC chicken cold. Ugh. Is that weird? Yeah. Cold with hot gravy. Uh, like out of the fridge. Weird. It's still a bit weird, yeah. Pizza's alright cold, but I wouldn't eat a chicken. I thought that was I thought people would be KFC chicken. Yeah, uh, I go for the chicken burgers anyway. Okay mate, let me just jump straight in. Yeah. The least interesting day in history was April eleventh, nineteen fifty four. How are you gonna measure that? It's a uh, uh Murky waters, this one. To be fair, yeah, I don't understand how you'd measure it because I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it slide. But it's quite interesting, but it's it they've measured it through software developers' true knowledge. It's a search engine project collects facts, and of the more than three hundred million oh. facts it has collected, just two occurred on this day. Really? So uh, a soccer player named Jack Shufflebotham died. Yeah. And a Turkish academic named Abdullah Atalar was born. Yeah. I mean, both of those aren't particularly remarkable facts. No, it's, which I think is why it's called the Not least. Like discovery of the Higgs boson or 9-11 or anything like that. The, the problem is as well, I mean, it, it can make sense, least interesting, but what if... 
Well, the fact that it's not interesting makes it notable. So now it's interesting. That's true. Yeah. That's the biggest fact about that day. But also on that day, you know, you for personally, it could have been day. For example, you had that lorry accident. I yeah. mean, not that, not in 1954, but <coughs> someone might have been hit by a uh, a train in 1954 and had to yeah. connect the legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I always used to like think that people who jumped under trains and disrupted everybody else's day were. You know, it's a bad way to kill yourself because mm. the impact you're having on, on people. But then I've actually moved to a place, uh, Bushy, near Watford, yeah. where you get the high-speed trains coming through that don't stop. And it's just so tempting. It's just, I think it's the opportunity that's like, that's put in front of people. I bet most of those people, a lot of them, they didn't even set out to kill themselves. They just saw an opportunity. So you think it's more of out of interest? They just, yeah, they're like, they're like just minding their own business. And then it's like, all of a sudden, this virgin, like, intercity comes. Oh, you're like, talking about those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just lean out and, like, whack, and you're dead. Yeah, see, that I would trust if I wanted to go. Yeah. But when I, when people jump in front of tube trains, oh, I, yeah. I often think, like, I think that's not going to... Yeah. I'm tempted to try it just to prove yeah. that it wouldn't kill me, but people, they do manage it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the impact or if it's getting pulled under and, and, and torn probably to bits. Getting, yeah, dr- you know, shredded up under underneath, but um, yeah, horrible way to go. And also, there are a lot of people who do survive it and then die later because they've um, you know, had their leg, legs cut off, cut off or whatever. On a lighter note, um, <laughs> Chubby Brown's first job in comedy was writing jokes for Christmas crackers. Do you still leave it or not, mate? Just be honest. Um, I don't still leave it. Is it true? Do you not still leave it? Do you think? Do you think he's capable of it? Well, I just don't think it's where you start. And mm. also, the jokes that go on Christmas crackers are always like old jokes. Yeah. So you don't really. You just buy a box of Christmas crackers and put whatever jokes they've got. You put them in your Christmas crackers. Yeah. Okay. You're right. It's uh, it's bullshit. Right. <laughs> I mean, I thought to myself, I think Chubby should bring out a range of Christmas crackers. Probably quite a big seller. Because that would. Imagine that, Chubby's, yeah. like, big, you know, and then him going, pull, pull my cracker on yeah, the side, yeah, you know. Yeah. And they're all and just... open up, it's got racism inside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mate, last question. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll move on. Thanks for playing, mate. I know it's, it can be... It's a fun game. It can be very troublesome, this. In preparation for the film Bird Box, Sandra Bullock spent a day in a blindfold. During this time, she claimed to have fractured her toe and smashed a £5,000 vase. I believe it. Mm. I still believe it, I mean. Yeah. Skeleva. It's very skeletal, isn't it? Yeah, because she um, did it at her house and she's bound to have like, I mean, I doubt she's got a vase. That's probably her cheapest vase. Yeah. Big star. Got lots of expensive vases. Well, I, I didn't even have one vase. I nearly wrote 10 grand at first and I thought it was going to be cheap. Oh, you made it's it up? T- <laughs> you made it up? I made it up, mate. <laughs> I haven't seen Bird Box yet. Deceiving. Yeah, that's deceiving. part of the, that's the fun I get from this. Yeah. I thought 10 grand vase might be too expensive. I would have gone with that as well. Would you? Big star. You she ever see that, that um, Martin Bashir documentary where Michael Jackson's walking oh around? Oh my god, yeah. Uh, and, and the guy, the antiques guy, man, it's just like, he's making all his money that year from Michael Jackson coming in the shop. So Michael Jackson's going, oh yeah, I'll take that. All the, just the worst tat. Like those shops up the edge of a road, where all the ornate gold, like telephones and, and porcelain, yeah. like lions and stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if you watch, like, the guys that are with him, after Michael Jackson has kind of wanted off, the, one of the guys is like, no. <laughs> yeah, because he's gonna get home. He's not gonna wake up in a few weeks and go. Yeah. Where's my uh, yeah my yeah. Vase? Where's all the vases? I bet he's yeah. uh, 
You're going to wake he's up a, so a, well rested after taking all that proper fill. I mean, hey, do you, have, do you have trouble sleeping at night? Why not inject yourself with proper fill and anaesthetic? Is that what it actually is? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, it, this doctor, what is it, Conrad Murray? I can't believe yeah. I can remember all this stuff. Um, like, was was buying it by, like, the gallon or something. And that stuff's like fentanyl. It's so, like, you know, you need such a tiny amount. He got, because he got in trouble for that, didn't he? He went to jail, yeah, yeah. So it's literally stuff that you would use in a hospital to put people... It's anaesthetic, yeah, so um, Michael Jackson would have got a taste for it when he, you know, started going under the knife, um, having all his plastic surgery, Ah. Um, which might have started when he was, because he was was burnt, he was badly burnt in the filming of a Pepsi. Pepsi, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then obviously, I mean, it's fairly conclusive even though it's never been proven in a criminal court that you know he was doing terrible things to, to children um, so you know I, I'm sure he would have felt some sort of remorse about that and had trouble sleeping at night so that's why he was taking ah. all this anaesthetic to sleep and then that's what killed him right that's what killed Absolutely. him yeah overdose he had a big show coming up didn't he yeah right yeah it was the it was comeback thing at the O2 um, but yeah, it's like Prince, you know, rock stars always underestimate their frailty. Mm. So. What did Prince die of in the end? Wasn't it, wasn't it the same sort of stuff? <clears throat> it was like anaesthetic, it was some sort of opioid overdose. Yeah, injected it into the wrong purple vein, you could say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could have that one for pun, man, you could have that. <laughs> Would you scaliva the map the game? Would you believe it or not? Is he coming back? Is he ever going to come back, Pun Man? I sometimes do it. There's some people who still book me as Pun Man. Private gigs. And uh, yeah, I do it for birthday parties sometimes and stuff like that. Oh, but to be honest, it's hard. It's really hard work. You got to do like you sh- people shout out subjects, and you got to do puns based on what they shout out. So if you're not used to doing it, it's you know you've forgotten all the puns that you could do. If somebody sh- shouts stuff out. Do you think that's part of it? Then you literally, you literally have a, like a catalogue in your head where you go, yeah. Oh, I know that from yeah. And then you can crazy. spin off, you know, like if somebody hits us, people always shout out stuff like, you know, they try and catch you out by shouting out stuff like Jimmy Savile or ISIS or something. Mm. Then I've got loads of puns on that, so I go off and do like you know five minutes on ISIS. That is impressive. Um, there's another night that you uh, are fond of doing the Hate and Live. Oh, Hate and Live, yeah. We're taking it to Australia as well. The Great British Hate Off. Is it, uh, can you just explain, for the people that uh, don't know what that is, can you, can you give <coughs> a, a brief explanation of, of what it is? So basically the, the audience writes down what they hate and they can write anything down. And uh, then the topics that they've written down get pulled out of a bucket and the comedians have to say why they hate it. We've got like, you know, four stand-up comedians in a row, Darius MCs it, and he's, you know, we've got a variety of rounds. And, uh, but it's all based around you know the comedians coming up to the mic and Darius is like tell us why you hate whatever it is on the thing so it's sort of like set list but it's got more of a the audience have got more of a uh, investment in it because they've mm-hmm. written down the subjects um, and it's really fun we get a variety variety of acts on so we'll have like um, you know people who just rant you know go straight down the line hating on stuff we get people on who go off in surreal tangents uh, we, we get um women on um, like you know <laughs> that's good it's very diverse and this is your this is is it yours and Darius's beast yeah oh that's cool and you say you're taking that to Perth we're taking that to Perth and Adelaide so you get, <coughs> uh, you'll get Perth comedians and 
like Australian comedians or like well, it's, it's mostly going to be British ones. I think so we've called it the Great British Hate Off. So um, we're going to get uh, Stephanie Langs out there, Raymond Mearns. Um, there's some great comedians, Stephen Buchanan, great comedians out there. So we'll we'll get them to do it. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I want to hit you with a bombshell question. Yeah. Are you proud of yourself, Leo? <laughs> Uh, I think I don't know no not really I'm no. eternally dissatisfied and also like getting old is horrible yeah like, I'm not like old old but like it's just, you, do you mind asking me how old, how old you are I'm 42 oh okay which is oh, pre- pretty old so it's just like, I remember when my 30s was just like you know just a, it was so much fun it mm. was just brilliant I was um, I had a good job I was doing comedy for fun and like I was sort of uh, always had you know girlfriends and stuff. I was you know getting laid all the time and having fun. And um, now I'm like old, so like I can't really do that because it's like it's a bit creepy. Like some guy who's forty two is going around you know chatting up women and stuff. But you know, if you're a comedian, I suppose Steve Coogan manages to pull it off, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it? Uh, or if they approach you, do you have any? Yeah, any, uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, in fact, later, later on tonight, I might be. Maybe meeting a lassie. Um, so <laughs> a lassie. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's still hard because like, you know, like, I go on Bumble or whatever and, uh, you know, date naps. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, then they know that you're old. But it's like, you know, like if, I, if I chat with a girl <laughs> in a bar, it's, you know, you can sort of, like, they sort yeah. of forget that you're old because you're, like, you know, you're not acting. Because you know, some guys that are 42 are, like, really old. Like, really old, old. So you see yourself as it's like a mentally younger than there's there's blokes that are forty two that yeah. you're like you're you're forty two yeah yeah 50. and then there's guys like you know the Matra D on first dates he's yeah. like in his fifties probably and he could probably you know he's like oh uh, yeah got a lot of charm he's and, gorgeous yeah yeah I'd go out with him yeah and uh, so you know there's there's different you know forty two but you know when when you're on Bumble or whatever you're being measured by that number yeah. But then George Clooney can seem to just you know if you if George Clooney's chatting to a, a girl at a bar yeah. people are like oh lucky girl you yeah know? yeah and he's he's old he's in his sixties now he's got to be in his sixties yeah but he's old old you know fair play to the lad yeah so you think he's married now <laughs> so you're not proud of yourself because you're getting older is that the uh, <laughs> oh you just mean general yeah just general dissatisfaction. Do you think that Which, helps? I think yeah. it helps because you know you don't. So, like, I remember when I when I was doing comedy um, like a few years back, and I was like, I just want to. It'd be amazing if I could just make a living off this, and like I just go around, you know, do the jonglers at the weekends and yeah. stuff. And uh, you know now now I do that, and now I'm like you know ah, oh, it'd be amazing if I could just like get on TV and you know <laughs> like, you're never happy with whatever you've got, you know. I would love to see you doing the roast battle. Is yeah, that- I did. Uh, I did a roast battle. Well, a rap. Rap roast battle with Rob Mulholland. Oh, okay. um, unfortunately, we uh, seem to use it as an opportunity to out celebrities as sex, sexual harassers of women. Because you know, like the British comedy scene, like nobody, nobody, you know, everybody, everybody's so vocal in pointing the finger at people who've already had the finger pointed at them. But we know, like, there's like you know about a dozen guys. It's all guys uh, who've like you know sexually harassed women or men in some cases. Uh, so BBC iPlayer it went up on BBC iPlayer and it was uh, they they cut cut a lot of the contentious <laughs> you know legally contentious stuff out but it got taken down after like a couple of days. Oh no! Um, There's one fun. on 
Is it just called Rose? Comedy Rose Battles, yeah. Paramount, or yeah, yeah. I could, I'd, I'd enjoy seeing you on that. Yeah, well, we're trying to, we're trying to take uh, Hate and Live to TV at the moment. We've had a lot of interest this uh, in 2018 in Edinburgh. We had uh, BBC Studios and various other production companies. So um, there's a production company in London that were hopefully they're very keen to to film a pilot and then uh, punt it around uh, Comedy Central and stuff. That's, I, I, it's a great. Um Concept, yeah, and like, special, special for TV now because they're losing all the sort of you know the, the young viewers, the sixteen to the twenty five year olds, well up to thirty year olds, mm-hmm. and because uh, everybody's just watching stuff on their phones or whatever. And hating live, um, it engages it would engage people over social media because they tweet in suggestions for the show, and also all the clips from the show would be like thirty seconds long, a minute long, so it's ideal for you know potentially viral clips to go on social media. Yeah, because you get little. I watched one today. Uh, someone mentions vegans and yeah. Because you, you don't know, dear, what's coming, so it's just like, yeah, yeah, what's off the top of your head. Um, so that's that's quite an impressive part of it, but I suppose that's being a comedian, and it? it's one yeah. of the things you need to know. But you get you, you from that, you, you kind of get like a couple of minutes or five to five minutes of new material about some specific yeah. topic, and like you said, I think that would you could have that, you know, yeah, and it'd yeah. be like, you know, the headline. Oh, these vegans be like, you know, or yeah, <laughs> on, yeah. on Facebook, and then and then it's Leo Kurtz doing a yeah a five minute thing. Have you uh, to conclude, mate? Have you got um? Where can people see you at the moment? Then uh, have you got any upcoming gigs? Um, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I'm off. I'm off to Perth on Tuesday, and then I won't be back until mid-April. But I'm based in London. I'm always performing. Like April, me, I'm going to be at the Comedy Store, Top Secret, um, and you know, I get I gig around the country. I'm up in you know Manchester, Glasgow. Liverpool all the time. Edinburgh, I suppose you're not going. Edinburgh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do Edinburgh um, this year. So hopefully in the in the Pleasance this time, take it up a notch. Are you gonna? Are you doing what show are you doing? I haven't got a name for it yet. Okay. Um, but for now, we should probably call it all the best jokes from my last shows <laughs> and some new stuff. Okay, you're not going to put a political spin on it though. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to call yeah. it like you know. Like Leo Liberal or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what. Like you know, some will shift some tickets. Right wing liberal, I don't know. Leo Nazi, everything will be alt right. There's so many. Oh, Leo Nazi. It's a bit too much though, isn't it? Yeah, you can't really have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I suppose once you start designing posts and stuff, you you get carried away. Yeah. <laughs> Post of <laughs> banners. These gonna be forty foot banners coming off the Reichstag. <laughs> yeah, if I get a bit blurred lines to it and uh, give off the wrong impression. Yeah. Leo, it's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm going to shake your hand. Great. Your massive six foot six hand, six foot six hand. <laughs> I mean, his hand's not six foot six. The hand's connected to the body. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to say, thank you very much for showing me your uh, scar. Right. Uh, it's a shame that people who are listening can't see it, but you know, maybe we'll tweet it later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Cheers, mate. Cheers. There you go, Leo Curse. Uh, lovely to chat to you, mate. And thanks for listening at home. If you do want to get in touch or comment on that particular episode, you can now go to my Facebook page, Matt Skellington Scaliva or Not Podcast, and follow me on that. And you can send me a message or you can leave a message on the group, you know, or you can leave a photo. You do what you want, really. While you're on Facebook, you might as well follow Selden Duffer as well, my comedy group. Uh, you can also get Selden Duffer on Twitter. And Instagram. And you can get me on Instagram. Just, you can do what you want. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you, Ryan Howes, my producer. 
And do remember, the next time someone comes up to you and says, Excuse me, is life worth living? Just turn around, look them in the eye, and say, You better skilleave it. Cheers. Skilleave it or not, I've just talked on air, and I've probably drunk my tea. I've chattered the breeze in my hope that you cared. Who could it have been? Skilleave it or not, it was just me. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night! <laughs>